This is August 8th, and this is the Bruins Beat, presented by FanDuel on CLNS Media. Welcome back into the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. Hope you guys are having a great day and a great week. And on this episode, Connor Ryan and I dive into the Penguins making a huge splash. One of the biggest splashes we've seen in the last bunch of years to get Eric Carlson from the San Jose Sharks. We get into how this impacts the Bruins because now the Penguins are are contenders. Now the Penguins are very much in the hunt for the playoffs, which does not make the Bruins' life any easier. But it also kind of offers sort of a a reality check for the Bruins. Do they need to make an Eric Carlson-like trade? Do they need to shake things up uh, via trade? Or are they in a different spot than the Penguins are? Are the Bruins and the Penguins now in different realms? So Connor and I get into all of that in this episode. So I will not, I won't hurt, I won't hold you any further. So further ado, here is my conversation with Connor Ryan. And we're here with Connor Ryan, who's presented by our good friends over at FanDuel. Connor, what is up? Evan, I'm doing well. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. I got to be honest, Connor, I was looking uh, at Instagram this weekend. I was looking at Charlie McAvoy's Instagram story, to be precise. Uh seeing the Boston Public Library turned into a wedding. I had never seen that before. I, I I know that other people have had that those types of weddings. I'd never seen what it looked like. Uh, could not have been cheap. <laughs> could not have been cheap to to take out the Boston Public Library. a lot of marble there, Evan. A lot of Ooh. fancy, a lot of fancy stuff. I was actually, I was literally just at the BPL like two weeks ago. Um, went there, I took my aunt out for uh, afternoon tea there. It's actually very lovely. I don't know if you've ever Ooh, done afternoon tea. That sounds Great. very fun. You actually get, shit ton of food evan so if, like it's it's great uh but i'm writing this down as like a like, date idea <laughs> yeah like honestly you walk around there and it's like yeah you see all like the ornate stuff the marble floors I'm like this could probably be a really expensive wedding venue and sure enough charlie mcavoy there you go makes, makes sense. sense yeah makes perfect sense you guys yeah. have good taste so it is it's true the bu people have great taste and and, and i think that continued in this sense uh and i just the pictures were stunning. Um, I I really liked, I think I saw this. Uh, it was like, you know, the little room that uh, kind of like the, it looks like Hogwarts. You got the, the lights, every, you know, the green lights and everyone's kind of studying it. They turned that, I think, into like where people ate. It looked like from an, an Instagram post uh, or mm-hmm. Instagram story. So uh, heck of a sorting wedding. hat. Yes, <laughs> had to have that. Uh, I think I saw you tweet the video like right before we hopped on here of uh, Martian and Bergeron dancing together. Um, which was very sweet, and I think will hit people straight in the feels. So uh, I can't wait to see the, the more content that comes out of this. I can only imagine with the amount of uh, stuff that's going to come up from the centennial season. I'm sure there'll be a lot of moments like that. Even uh, Tim Thomas today was up in uh, the Bruins, tweeted that out, out of nowhere. I was literally at Bruins camp. I was like, is that fucking Tim Thomas? Like <laughs> him up in Vermont, who where he lives there now. Uh, Eric Russo uh, like interviewed him, and he pretty much was saying that he's excited to be here for the centennial season so i think we're getting even tim thomas appearances uh over at the garden this year so it'll be fun 
Yeah, that should be good. I was really happy to see uh, Tim Thomas on those videos uh, from Vermont and, uh, you know, uh, Russo, who we love, Eric Russo. Great, uh, great guy. We love Eric Russo uh, asking the, the questions there. But yeah, hopefully Thomas is involved uh, with with the centennial season and yeah, McAvoy's wedding and, and everything. Maybe maybe when they retire Bergeron's number, they'll kind of turn all the lights off, spotlight on the ice and let Bergeron and uh, Martian recreate that dance. I think that's that that'd be, be really that'd be great. A little Dirty Ganson playing in the back. I believe Shallow from A Star is Born was, was playing as they were dancing. So I don't yes. know if Shallow is like the new equivalent, like it's the modern day uh, Dirty Dancing, but I feel like there's a little correlation there. So it works. I can see it. I can see it. Seems like a big wedding song. Uh, but uh, anyway, the big news over the weekend, uh, over uh, in, in the whole hockey world, Eric Carlson finally traded uh, in a maybe the biggest blockbuster in a long time. I mean, I can't remember a blockbuster this big. I mean, I, you know, maybe my memory is blanking. I mean, Huberto Kachuk was pretty huge. That was last off season. Um, obviously you had the, it's one for one haul for Larson, uh, many, many years ago now, but this was, this was pretty big. Uh, Pittsburgh ended up with Eric Carlson. It was a three, again, a three team trade, Pittsburgh, San Jose, Montreal, Pittsburgh got Eric Carlson, Rem Pitlick from Montreal, uh, Dylan Hamaluk from uh, San Jose, a third round pick from San Jose. San Jose got a 2024 first, which was really kind of the big part of that deal. They got Mikhail Granlin from Pittsburgh, Jan Ruda from Pittsburgh, Mike Hoffman from Montreal, Hoffman Carlson. That's a fun, uh, that's a fun rabbit hole to go down if you look back to 2017. Uh, and then Montreal got uh, 2025 second from Pittsburgh. They get Jeff Petrie back which is crazy because didn't he request a trade out of there like a year ago? I believe so. Yeah. So now he's going back and it, that wasn't it's on like, his own trade list. That's like John Wall when he was like, was roasting the Houston Rockets for being like a really shitty franchise. And then got like traded to them like the day after like whatever <laughs> podcast interview he had dropped, like immediately gets sent right back to Houston. It was perfect. Uh, and then Casey DeSmith goes to Pitt, uh, goes to Montreal from Pittsburgh uh, and Nathan, like Gary goes to Montreal uh, from Pittsburgh. So the main thing, Carlson ends up in Pittsburgh. And, you know, normally, again, it's the summer. So, you know, we're, we want to talk some other stuff as well. But this Carlson trade interests me. You know why? Because we both agree the Bruins will be competing for a wild card spot this year. And Pittsburgh was one of those teams pre-Dubas, pre-Carlson, that you looked at and said, eh, that's an aging team. Didn't make the playoffs this year. Missed it by a little bit. It would have been nice if they made it. I think the Bruins would have had a much easier time with Pittsburgh than with Florida. But going into next season, that's not looking like a real, real threat for the wild card. You know, that Crosby and Malkin, Latang, those guys can make it happen. But not a ton of great depth options. You know, Grand, I mean, some of those pieces there that, that Hextall left over. Oh, man. I mean, not a great looking uh, roster top to bottom. So that was a team that... You can kind of take out of the wild card equation. Okay, the Bruins have the, the edge there, right? But now they just got better. They got better. And I know Eric Carlson will will make some uh, bad defensive plays. There will be some times where Pasternak just walks him, walks around him. But the reality is Carlson adds a lot of points to that team. Reigning Norris guy and, you know, to now be passing to Sidney Crosby and Malkin, that's going to add some points. If you can put up, what was it, over 100 points this year with San Jose with that with that team bag roster? Ooh. So to do it now with Pittsburgh. And by the way, I didn't realize Carlson was only 33 years old. I think everyone yeah. kind of talked about him like he was this dinosaur. He's still got some years left in him. Um, the Penguins are better. Now, that's now a team that 
will compete more heavily with the Bruins for the wild card. What do you think of this whole thing? Yeah, it's, you know, it just makes the whole field a lot tougher, Evan. It's we we looked at. I think when people view the landscape of the league and where the Bruins are falling in, as they're obviously taking a dip, um, and other teams are getting better, people tend to focus exclusively on the Atlantic. They look at the teams that seem to be building towards something, right? Buffalo, which I think probably has a real threat. We'll see how Levi is, but that's a legitimate team that I think could take a, a jump forward. But then you look at like Ottawa has made a few moves, right? But I don't know. Also, like investing in Galicorpasalo, not mm. really sold on that. Detroit spending a shit ton of money, but for like guys who are, you, you know, eh, not bad. Andrew Coffey's a good player, like middle tier. And that's of, the per- uh, that's the perfect one. That's the perfect one to point out. Yeah, I mean, they, they get like to bring it. They have like more high end skill, but still, you look at just like the overall situation in net or um, the overall depth of their defense beyond a few of their star guys. Um, There's still a team that you know. They're not like they were years ago, right? But um, still not a team I don't know if is really moving the needle and making a big jump forward. Pittsburgh, again, they're a team that even with, like, some weaknesses across the roster, and there are areas where you can look at them and be like, oh, they can be exploited or what have you. Eric Carlson adds a lot of playmaking capabilities, a lot of high-end talent to that team that, again, just missed the playoffs. Again, Brinson should be very mad at Pittsburgh because they had a chance to bump Florida out of the playoffs if they just won, I think, what was it, a home game against the Chicago. Blackhawks? Yeah, right? Chicago. Like, so if you want to direct a lot of anger towards this year ending, be it on Pittsburgh being that dysfunctional, they couldn't win a game like that against the Blackhawks who ended up winning the draft lottery. So, um, <laughs> again, it just makes the road tougher, right? I look more at those kind of teams taking a step forward uh, than anyone else in, in terms of trying to hang on there. Even like the Capitals, who may be on the downward slide, but still you look at kind of how they retooled on the fly, added more younger talent by selling off pieces. Like the, they did like what not enough teams do at the deadline when they just realized that they don't have it that year. So many teams either double down or try to avoid the inevitable. At least like Capitals are like, yeah, Orlov, Hathaway, we can, we can't do it. Oh, well, and we got a good return out of it, right? So um, those are the teams you have to watch out for. And again, is Pittsburgh better than the Bruins? I still think the Bruins, until like the Bruins defense collapses or the goaltending really regresses, I still think the Bruins have the formula to be in the mix and grind out points and do those kind of things. If they stay to that kind of stingy committed defense, but it's not getting any easier. It's not like all of a sudden Tampa's got a bunch of injuries and even if they are getting older or other teams are taking, you know, have had enough, unfortunate things happened in the offseason like the Bruins had. Not a lot of teams have had that much of a talent drain as Bruins had, which, again, we all kind of expected. But now that you're in this spot, it's not getting any easier for them. Pittsburgh, to me, is sort of the anti-Bruins in the sense that they have, you know, their strength is down the middle. The Bruins' weakness is down the middle. Uh, the Bruins' strength is good, solid, two-way defensemen uh, and and a very strong decor and strong in net. And it feels like Pittsburgh's weakness is Kind of that. I know Carlson and Latang are there, but you know, again, Carlson's more of a, a fourth forward on the ice uh, and then than a two-way threat like a McAvoy or a or a Hampus Lindholm. So I mean, again, I think the Bruins formula of good goaltending, strong defense, edging out some three-one wins here and there is probably more stable and sturdy than hey, let's you know hope that Crosby, Malkin, Carlson just light up the point sheet. But again, when it comes down to that wild card race and you're you know, battling point for point with each other, that stuff matters. And I mean, you, you know, you can say that the Bruins are a little bit better, but 
that's another team that is very much in the mix where I think pre Carlson trade, we would have said, oh, that's a team that's sort of sliding a bit. I don't know. I mean, they're, they're in the mix, but they're not a legitimate threat yet. I mean, again, you look at, you know, last season, right? Florida and the Islanders were uh, the wild card teams should, you know, though, both those teams should be back at least in the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you mentioned Washington who signed uh, Wilson to that seven year deal on uh on friday and i'm not a capitals expert but seven years it for for him i don't uh, uh so that's a game that's probably not going to age the greatest and i don't know if they're planning on com- you know uh contending for a cup in that time the one thing about washington that you always have to count on and it's the same thing i think that we were you know we we see with pittsburgh you have ovechkin there like you're not gonna suck you, you, that team is not going to fully rebuild and say, oh, you know, sorry, Alex, you're going to be playing with a bunch of young guys this year. Like, I think that's a team that probably wants to get back at least in the mix to maximize those last couple of years of Ovechkin. So maybe you say, OK, Washington's kind of in it, too. Um, you know, and also another team that's interesting, Connor, Columbus. Does Columbus <laughs> kind of take that step forward? I know they were literally the last place team uh, in the East last year. And, you know, they ended up, but, you know, they get Fantilli, who should, I, I guess, would be make make the opening night roster. Um, Goudreau, you know, it's going to be his second year, so he's fully settled in. The coaching situation there makes me kind of go, eh, uh, maybe that's why that the train will not get back on the tracks there. But um, there's a lot of teams, but again, Pittsburgh, to me, is interesting because Carlson's a game changer. I mean, that's a guy who, again, like, I know Bruins fans' main memory of him is that 2017 playoff run, but... He did all, a lot of that goated, stuff. In- goated series, yeah. That <laughs> goated was, series, insane. You know, like the you know, like LeBron game six in Boston, like the stare down, like that was yes. that was Eric Carlson for that entire series. Yes, it, it, it was, and I just I remember that pass. It was a saucer pass from behind his own net that went over the entire defense, plopped on Mike Hoffman's stick. Mike Hoffman scored a beautiful yeah. goal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just it's like insane. okay, that's where you yeah. just shrug your shrug your shoulders. Like, oh, all right, lost the better team. So. Yep. Again, now he's in your conference and he makes a big difference for Pittsburgh because uh, they're in it now. And, you know, again, the Bruins are the Bruins to me are teetering between a, th- a three seed in the Atlantic and a wild card team. Pittsburgh now, I mean, again, you know, I know they're the Metro and it's not really the Bruins, but I mean, Carolina's better. New Jersey's better. The Rangers should be better. We'll see if that actually takes place. Um, yeah. So, again, you know, it's, you know, Islanders, Panthers. Pittsburgh, Boston, um, you want to throw Tampa in there, maybe, sure. You know, they're competing as well um, for those wild card spots. Washington, maybe. Buffalo, you mentioned. That's a team that, like, should pop one of these years, and they they almost right. did last year. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, You can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash Boston. Boston, 21 plus and present in mass. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Hope is here. 
gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start, gamesensema.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Now, back to the show. Again, uh, Pittsburgh a lot better with with Eric Carlson. And it it hits a bigger question with the Bruins. Not just contending uh, for wild cards, but should the Bruins go for a Carlson-like trade? Do you need sort of a trade like that uh, to sort of shake things up? I know we mentioned, hey, this team needs a hockey trade. But I think as the offseason's sort of taken place, it's more like, do they have the space? No. The, The Penguins didn't. But also the Penguins didn't have the Bruins don't have, I don't think, the bad contracts that the Penguins had. Yeah. Like you look at some yeah. of just the bad, crappy contracts. That's why like Dubas's best move in this trade might not have even been acquiring Carlson, but just getting it's rid freeing of freeing those contracts. Yeah. Like Petrie and and Granland and some of just, you know, like DeSmith, some of just those uh, you know, just things that were weighing that bloat. team down. Who was that? Like it's like bloat. Like you've got this like bloat on your roster that you yes. removed by doing it. Yes. And so, but I think it, it does hit a bigger question of do the Bruins need a trade like that? Well, that's the, the challenge, right? As you look at the way this team is structured with their cap space. And again, it's more of like the, the cap bro- overages of last year. The Bruins don't really have crappy contracts, nor do they have guys that like, I think you can trade and people are like, Oh, we got those contracts off the books. Like it's, for the Bruins, if you have to make a trade, like let's let's look at the multiple guys we talked about. There's an area of need. It's the center position. If it's <laughs> yes. a guy like Elias Lindholm or what have you, you don't have like bloat really on your roster that a team like Calgary one would even want, or like you even have readily available. You don't have draft picks. You don't really have a lot of like top end prospects unless you want to give up like just a like Lysel, Lori, Merkulov, like a whole bunch of those guys, and really run the cupboard dry. Um, which maybe you have to weigh that decision. But then otherwise, you're subtracting impact players from the roster who you hope are helping out this current team and you hope are a part of the team moving forward, ideally, right? So, like, if you're getting a guy like Lindholm, who are the guys that are moving? It's, like, probably a guy like DeBrusque, right? It's, like, that's the one that I think stands out where, again, we can probably have that discussion of if you're the Bruins, do you want to commit long-term? But he's the kind of player that, a lot of teams would covet. A lot of teams would like to have him. The Bruins would like to have him this year as a top six fixture on a team where you need proven scores in, in that top six. So it's not like the the Bruins and Penguins are necessarily in the same spot where the Penguins had multiple guys where they could make the money work and they were, you know, on an even better point, they could free up that money in the process. Bruins don't have that. They really have run a pretty tight ship in terms of, their contracts and not having these kind of albatross deals, but now you're in a spot where done a good job, but now it's going to really hurt if you have to move established NHL talent off this roster because they're going to help them this year. Yeah. I mean, again, like the only contract I can think of that, you know, used to be sort of a, you know, uh, weighing things down was coil on the third line, making a a five point, uh, is it two, five million or 5.45 million? I forget. It's one of those two. I think it's 5.25. Yeah, making 5.25 million. That used to be the sort of, oh, that's a bad contract. He hasn't uh, blossomed into a top six center. But you need him. You need a, a him. You need a center who can at least try to be a number one or two center. So, like, you're not trading him. That That's not uh, in the cards there. And then the other card is like Derek Forbert at 3 million is one that everyone kind of throws around. 
he's a bigger defenseman. I mean, again, I don't know if he, I don't know what trade value he has. Um, you know, again, maybe he would make sense for a three team deal like that for Lindholm, but again, you don't have enough of those contracts to sort of satisfy everyone. And you hit the nail on the head. You don't have the first round picks. (laughs) You don't have the second round picks to do this. Like you don't have the picks to make this move. You do not. Um, And again, it hits back at, I don't know how you're getting Lindholm. I don't. I don't know how you're getting Lindholm uh, in this offseason. You have to be really crafty. You know, you have to get them to bite on a Lysel, a DeBrusque. Uh, And you mentioned DeBrusque because it's an interesting one. Like going into this offseason with the roster that was there in uh, 2022-23, there were tons of wingers, right? Like you had had Bertuzzi and Hall and Martian and DeBrusque and Poshnok. You had just a freaking ransom of wingers. And now you don't. You know, Hall's gone, Bertuzzi's gone, uh, you have Marchand, Pasternak, DeBrusque, and like James Van Riemsdyk. So you do kind of need DeBrusque there. Uh, I guess if it's for a Lindholm, if that was like one for one, you would probably do that. Um, but the other thing that's interesting is the Peng- I think the Bruins are on the other side of where the Penguins are. Because the Penguins have Crosby and Malkin. They're older, but they're still there. And they're trying to maximize the window. They're almost kind of like you were five, six years ago trying to keep that window open. Hey, let's continue to try to contend. Uh, let's try to push this thing as far along as we can. You're over that. Bergeron's gone. Uh, we, you know, we we predict Krejci will probably retire. We'll see what ends up happening. Um, but again, he doesn't have much time left, even if he does come back. His comments were sort of weird. So it's like, ah, can we, can you really trust him coming back? So your, your two stalwarts down the middle are gone and you're sort of into that next generation. So to me, like Carlson props the window open a little longer for Pittsburgh. Whereas if you went out and, you know, Lindholm's an obvious one, and that's a guy who's sort of here long-term, but um, a trade like the the Carlson deal, you've already tried to open that window a zillion times. You've been propping it open now for seven years, feels like. Um, I don't know. I think the Bruins are in a different state than the Penguins are. And I think the Bruins are sort of moving into that next generation. So to get a guy like Carlson, who's 33 or someone of around that age, probably doesn't make a lot of sense. But a guy like Lindholm, if you could make it work, hopefully he doesn't resign and you can get him next off season. But if, you know, if you had to trade for him, it's a younger piece, sort of like a Lindholm, a Hampus Lindholm. Then you sort of have long-term for your, for your core. Um, so again, I mean, the, the, I just, it goes back though, Connor, to just what do you have to trade? Like that's you, your cupboard, you said it, the cupboard is dry. I mean, is there anything we're forgetting in terms of like uh, pieces to give up? Are we like, I know the trade market stinks, but still like Calgary is not just going to give away him, uh, Elias Lindholm. So I don't know. Yeah, no, it's, it's pretty much you're looking at those guys like the brusque that are under 30 who are still impact players. Like that's all you really have to give up unless you're looking at just prospects. Or unless you want to trade your 2027 20, first round pick, which probably isn't that wise either. So, um, yeah, you don't really have a lot of options in terms of guys that are, um, uh, that are, that make plenty of sense, unless you have maybe younger players who step up this year, but then you have that double edged sword. Let's say like Merkulov all of a sudden is playing at a, a 50 point pace as a rookie or something like that, which would be great. And his value shoots up and now you have to trade him because maybe he's a guy that stands out. Maybe Lauko ends up being a guy that over a full season, so he can be a 15 goal scorer. That's awesome. But mm-hmm. hey, that means Calgary's keep keeping eyes on him as well, right? Like that's that's the the challenge and the the grief that comes with uh, you know acquiring talent through trades is that it's 
you have to give to get. Um, and for anyone like to get a, a player of old of Lindholm's caliber, you have to give up quite a few good pieces there. Some that maybe have to develop over the first few months of this upcoming season. Yeah, and you hit on it. Like you need some of those guys to develop this season because it sort of then becomes, hey, do we keep this prospect or do we deal them? Uh, do we believe them? It goes back to, do you remember, uh, I think it was during like the, the early stages of COVID, like early 2020. I forget, I think it might've been Brian Burke who was reminiscing on, he, they wanted Joe Thornton on the Ducks. And I think they gave a list of five guys that the Bruins couldn't touch, but the rest the Bruins could go after. And, you know, I, Getzlav was on that list. They could go after Perry. I think Bobby Ryan might've been, there were some others because the five guys from that Ducks team were like Solani and like Niedermeyer. And and I, I think, I don't know if Pronger was on there uh, at that point yet, but like yeah. it was veterans. It wasn't the younger guys, but if you looked and if the Bruins had selected the right prospects, Getzlav and Perry and those, I mean, that's just a, a, a complete huge what if uh, in Bruins history, but it goes down to it's hard to pick. It can be very hard to to pick prospects from another team, but it's also hard to pick which prospects of yours to trade. And yeah. you're right. Like if Georgie Merkulov comes up this year and is earning time, you know, fits in the bottom six then earns time potentially at the second line. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if that did, you got to make a decision of, hey, is this guy going to be long term up here? Like, do we have something or mm-hmm. is this, hey, let's sell him really high. Um and again, I mean, there's going to be opportunity for young guys. I think that's the biggest thing is that, and I think Don Sweeney would definitely enjoy that because you get the success of it and you potentially could trade him and have a legitimate piece of value and not have to give up a first round pick. Because really the reason those first round picks have, have had to go out the door is because a lot of these prospects are not developing into prospects that would, you know, take out a first round pick and a deal. Right. So, um. Lots of interesting stuff there. The Carlson deal came at sort of, you know, early August, not the time that all that stuff usually happens, but uh, interesting. Nonetheless, I know we, we always, uh, we yearn for hockey trades and this certainly, uh, this certainly was one. Be nice to see the Bruins do a hockey trade at some point, give us some things to talk about and get passionate about, get all crazy for. Uh, But anyways, Connor, I know you mentioned your Patriots camp. Uh, Welcome to the people look forward to from you over at boston.com and the Boston Globe. Yeah, we're going to be covered throughout this Bruins offseason. We're going to start now looking at lineup projections, uh, roster battles, uh, younger players, whether they can step into the lineup, all that good stuff over at Boston.com. As you said, have Patriots coverage They've been uh, over there the last couple of weeks as well. So have you covered there with everything that's happening in Boston sports over at Boston.com. So please read all of our stuff over there. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that and remember that Bruins Beat is brought to you by our good friends over at FanDuel. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Bruins Beat listeners have a great rest of your week. Mm-hmm.